This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Northwest Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth, according to the New Testament. Come worship with us Sunday mornings at 1030 at 1708 Elm Springs Road in Springdale, Arkansas. You shall judge the quick and the dead at His appearing and in His kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, and do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof thy ministry. What we're going to do this morning is we're going to break down these five verses. As you can see just from reading through at one time, there's a lot of stuff in here that we can talk about. And we're going to break these down section by section and really see what is Paul writing to Timothy to do? What is he charging him to go do for the kingdom and for God? So the first thing that we see is there in verse 2, says to preach the word. When we think about preaching the word, of course, we all know that we should be preachers of the gospel. We should go out and we should go spread this message. But what he specifically says is preach the word. I saw this picture and I thought it was a really good illustration. When you look at this, this is just some some random library, but you can see there's so many different books on science, astrology, religion, philosophy, politics. There's all these different things. There, there's no shortage of people's opinions. There's no shortage of different uh, beliefs and different things that people will tend to go preach and go teach. And I remember one time, that we had a Bible study up at the, when we had Bible studies at the Keller Williams up in Bentonville, and Pat was leading the study, and we were going, and we were teaching, we were, we were looking at these things. So there was a couple guys that came in that they, they weren't part of our Bible study, but they came in and they started asking questions. And this was after the Bible study, and we were talking, I think it was me, Ben, and Pat, and we were talking with these couple guys, and they were asking all these different questions around astrology and space and angels and all these different different books that are not in the inspired Word of God, and they were asking all these things. And in my mind, I didn't know how to answer them because they're talking about things that I've never heard of before. I don't know where they're going or what's going on with this, but they're talking about things. And, and Pat did something that I thought was very wise, and it taught me a great lesson that day. And Pat essentially disregarded whatever they were talking about, and we just talked about Scripture. And that was a really good lesson for us. And I asked Pat about that after. It's like, how did you address it that way? And, and I, did you even know what they were talking about? And he said he didn't. And what he really taught during that time is there's no shortage of things that people are going to talk about, whether it's you know from the inspired Word of God or whether it's not. But all we really have to do and what we've got to be concerned with is just preaching the Word, is that when we know the Bible, when we know what God's Word says, it doesn't matter whatever everything else out there is we just go to the direct source of the bible and we can use that to defend our faith we can use that to build up the kingdom we can use that for all these benefits that we don't have to know all these books in the library we don't have to know all these different teachings what paul writes to timothy is just to preach the word and that's where we can stand fast too if we look over in romans chapter 10 beginning in verse 15 it says and how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, 
and hearing by the Word of God. What, what Paul is writing here to the Church of Rome is the same thing that he was writing to Timothy, is to preach the Word. We go, pe- we go preach this gospel of peace. We go preach about Jesus. We preach these glad tidings of good things. For what purpose? The purpose is there in verse 17. It says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. The purpose of why we go preach is to build faith to build faith specifically in Christ and that, that they know about this gospel of peace that they have for them as well. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, this is Jesus talking here. It says, Then the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. This is Jesus, and what He's quoting here is from the book of Isaiah. And He's preaching that when we preach the Word of God, that it's profitable when we preach what people need. And there's so many needs out there in the world. There's so many needs here in this room. And when we preach the Word of God, the Word of God is powerful, and it gives us everything that we need. It gives people everything that they need to be able to come whatever obstacles that they have in their life. And Jesus is reminding us here that it is profitable when we preach what people need to hear. If we look over in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it tells us that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. When we look at the, the Word of God we have, it is the inspired Word of God. It is God's Word. And being God's Word, it is powerful. When we compare that to all these other books, all these other teachings, all these other philosophies and different things, there is nothing that stands a chance to be as powerful as God's Word. So as Christians today, when we think about preaching the Word, there's no greater source that we could be preaching. It's the most powerful thing that we have to go help people is just preach the Word of God so that people can be perfect, or that word means complete. They can be complete and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. There's a lot of times when, when we encourage people to go preach the Word that sometimes people just they don't know where to start. They say, well, I don't know how to preach. I don't know what to do. Well, if we look over in Colossians chapter 1, verse 28, Paul writes, it says, "...whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus." So all we really have to do is we have to warn people of the the next life that they have to come, that eternal life. It's either going to be eternal life in heaven or eternal life in in destruction and doom. So we warn every man that there's a time coming. We also teach every man in all wisdom. We have the full source of wisdom that we need, which is the, the Word of God. Use the wisdom from the Word of God and just go teach that so that we can present everyone perfect in Christ Jesus. Every one of us knows the story of Jesus. We've all heard it. For many, many years, we know what Jesus did, that He's the Son of God. We know that He came down here and lived a perfect life as a human. We know that He gave His life on the cross for our sins. And He gave Himself as a sacrifice and that He was raised up and that He defeated death. We all know that story. And we all have the ability to preach and to go teach that story to people that need to hear it, which is many, many people out in the world today. So the first thing that that Paul's charge to Timothy, the first thing is, Go preach the word. The second thing he says is be instant, in season, and out of season. Now that's not some some phrases we look at too often, but when you look at the definition, 
Be instant means to stand upon. In season means when it's convenient, and out of season means when it's inopportunely or, or as we would say, not convenient. So what Paul is writing here is preach the word and stand upon that word when it's convenient and when it's not convenient. So let's look at that a little bit more. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15, it says, Meditate upon these things and give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. When we stand upon the word of God, holy, we give ourselves wholly to these things, we will save ourselves and others that will hear us. Remember, we've already talked about preaching the word. So when we're standing upon the word, when we're preaching the word, others will hear us. And sometimes they'll hear us and just see our conversation alive, and that's what they will need in order for them to be saved as well. That's the beginning ticket for them to just start asking questions and want to learn more. We have to give ourselves wholly to that. In Psalms chapter 119, beginning in verse 105, it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn and I will perform it, that I will keep thy righteous judgments. When we look at this, the author here, he's telling us that the word, the word of God that we have, it is our guiding light. And that's what we should live by. So we give ourselves wholly to these things. We stand upon that word. It's our guiding light. I want to ask a question. When do you need a guiding light? Do you need a guiding light when everything is all bright around you? Like let's say here in this room, do I need a guiding light right now to walk from here to over there? Not really, because there's no problems. When you really need a guiding light is during the darkest times. That's when you can really stand upon the Word. It's the times that we would say is inconvenient. So God gives us this Word as a guiding light. That It's a light to our path that shows us how we should walk. It shows us how we should go when we stand upon that Word of God. We see an example of this when the, the apostles in Acts chapter 5, we'll look at Acts chapter 5 beginning in verse 17, the apostles chose to stand upon the Word of God that they had in a very inconvenient time. But we're going to look at this. Acts chapter 5 beginning in verse 17, the apostles were going out, they were preaching. Of course, this was after the, the day of Pentecost. They were going out, they were baptizing people and, and going and performing miracles. Well, some people didn't like that. So Acts chapter 5 verse 17 says, Then the high priest rose up, and all that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation, and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. So these apostles, they were all thrown in prison because the high priest didn't like what they were saying. Verse 19 says, But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. So these apostles were thrown into prison, but the angel came and he got them out of prison. And the angel encouraged them, keep going. Keep going and preach the word of God. Keep going doing what you need to do. So the apostles did, did just that. They got out of prison and then they went right back to what they were doing, which was why they got thrown into prison in the first place, was they were preaching about Jesus. And the high priest didn't like that at that time. Now let's skip down to verse 27. Acts chapter 5 and verse 27. It says, And when they had brought them, they set before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, did we not strictly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. 
So the, the high priest and all those that are around him, they saw the apostles went right back to doing what they told them not to go do. They went right back. They, these apostles were preaching the word of God. They were standing upon it during this inconvenient time. And they said, did we not tell you don't do this? Well, the, the apostles and Peter, he had the, the right answer. He says, we ought, we ought to obey God rather than man. That should be our same answer today, is that we go stand upon this word when it's inconvenient, because we should obey God rather than men. So the, the high priest didn't like that. Now let's go down a little bit further in Acts chapter 5, beginning in verse 40. It says, and, they, and to him they agreed, and when they called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they might be counted worthy to suffer shame for His name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. Three times the high priest and the council told these apostles, stop teaching about Jesus. And three times the apostles said, we're doing it anyways. I don't care what you say. You can throw us in prison. You can beat us. You can chastise us. You can do whatever you want, but we ought to obey God rather than man. So they even counted it, they rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for the name of Christ. So this would be, I would say, a very inconvenient time for these apostles, and yet they still did what they were supposed to do. They preached the word, they stand upon that word, and they obey God rather than men, which is what Paul had wrote to Timothy to do to go preach the word and stand upon that. The next thing that Paul tells them to do is to reprove, rebuke, and exhort, and do that with long-suffering or with patience and doctrine. If we look up those words, reprove, it means to show the fault. Rebuke means to show the correct way. And exhort means to encourage and comfort. So when we think about this logically, like we're kind of looking at this step by step, Paul tells Timothy to go preach the word, Stand upon that word during convenient times and stand upon that word during inconvenient times. Show people where they're wrong. Show them the correct way and comfort and encourage them to help them get on the right path. That's what we're talking about here. In 1 Thessalonians 2, beginning in verse 11, it says, As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you, as a father doth his children, that you would walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. This is what Paul is telling Timothy to do. Go tell people to walk worthy of God. Encourage them, comfort them, charge them so that they would walk worthy of God. This is what Paul is telling Timothy to do. If we look in 2 Thessalonians chapter 5, and verse 14, it says, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, and be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Here's more instruction that we see. We exhort you to comfort those that, are, that need comforting, the feeble-minded. Warn them that are going against God's word. Go tell them, just like we talked about in First, or Second Timothy, to warn them to get back on track where they need to be. Support those that are weak. Comfort them. Encourage them. Help get them on the right path, what they need to do. And be patient toward all men. What we talked about in 2 Timothy chapter 4, it says to reprove, rebuke, and exhort with long-suffering. That means patience. People are not going to do exactly what they need to do the first time they need to do it. They're going to fall away. They're going to get off track. They're going to go back to their old habits. And it's our responsibility to use patience and doctrine 
to help get them back on the right path and keep, keep encouraging them and keep comforting them so that they can do what they need to do. In Titus chapter 2, verse 15, it says, These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. We should be doing this as Christians today with authority. And authority doesn't come from us. It's not my authority to exhort people or my authority to rebuke people. It's the authority of God. It's God's Word. It's His doctrine. That's the authority that we use to get people on the right track and help them do what they need to do. And Jesus tells us in Revelation chapter 3, verse 19, says, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and, and repent. We think about these people that we're helping, these people that Paul is, is writing to Timothy about. When he tells them to go rebuke them and go help them, it's because he loves them. Because we love them that we want to get them back on track. And Jesus loves us as well, which is why he rebukes us, why he reproves us, and why he, get, we, he encourages us to get back on the right track. So when we do this, Paul tells us the next thing in, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, says the next thing is there will be a time when people won't listen. And it's unfortunate, but it's true. And there always has been a time that people won't listen, and there always will be a time that people won't listen. Let's read that again in 2 Timothy 4, verse 3. It says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. You know, it's easy to think about, we read verses like this, it's easy for us to get in the mindset that, well, nobody's listening. And I've heard plenty of people say that. It's like, well, things aren't the way they used to be. It used to be where you could go up to people and you could talk about the Word of God and they would listen to you. And now nobody wants to listen. Nobody wants to hear it. Nobody's interested. And when we talk in extremes and absolutes like that, we have to be careful. Because let's really ask the question, does nobody want to listen? Is it really nobody? It reminds me of the parable of the sower. If we look in Matthew chapter 13, let's read verse 18. Jesus taught us here. He said, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is, this is he which received seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy received it. Yet hath, he, yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while, for when the tribulations or persecutions arise because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that received the seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that receiveth seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold and some sixty and some thirty. When we read about this parable of the sower, there's three of the four groups that they didn't last. Either they didn't take it in the beginning or they took it and they didn't last. So maybe they didn't want to hear it or maybe they didn't want to stick true. But there's one group that they did. They did want to hear it and they took it. That was the, the, fruit, the ones of good ground. When we look at that, Jesus is telling us that there's four types of people. Some are going to hear the word of God and that's going to be the ones like on the wayside. They choose not to understand it. Everybody has the ability to understand God's word. Not everyone makes the choice to understand God's word. 
The second group of people is those that were, the seed fell on stony ground. They did receive it with joy, but they quickly turned away. The third were the ones that are among thorns. They allow the cares of the world to distract them, the, the deceitfulness of riches to get them off track. But the fourth, those that are on good ground, they receive it, they apply it, and they bear fruit and save others. So it's easy for us to think about a mindset of nobody wants to listen. But what we need to do is pause and take a step back and say, there's always going to be some in that good ground. Jesus taught us that some are going to be there. The challenge that we have today is we just don't know who that is. We don't know when we're working with people or when we're preaching the word, who is going to fall into each one of these four categories. And it's not our responsibility to know. Our responsibility is to preach God's Word. They make the decision of what category they fall into. That's up to them. So Paul's encouragement with this is when you think about what we've studied so far is preach the Word, stand upon it when it's convenient, when it's not convenient, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long-suffering. There's going to be a time where some people won't listen, but then Paul goes and he gives some encouragement in verse 5. In verse 5, he says, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, and make foolproof thy ministry. So what Paul is telling us here is, Watch thou in all things. Don't be led astray by those who choose to turn from the truth. When you're going and preaching the word, and there's going to be some that choose not to listen to you, that will going to go after instead of following the truth, they're going to follow fables. Don't let those astray you by those that turn from the truth. Don't let those get you off track. The second thing is he tells them, endure afflictions. When we stand upon the Word of God, you will face afflictions. You will face persecutions. Do it anyways. And, and the third thing he says is do the work of an evangelist. We know what the work of an evangelist is, is to go evangelize. It's to preach the gospel. Go teach people about Jesus. Teach people about the life that he lived and given his life on the cross for their sins. Do that work. Do the work of an evangelist. And the fourth thing he says is to make full proof of thy ministry. What that means when you look up the Greek words on each one of these, it means to fully carry out your service of God. Give it everything that you've got. So Paul is encouraging Timothy, go preach the word. Don't be dismayed by all these people who choose not to listen. Just do your job. Do your job of being an evangelist and give it everything that you've got. So when we look at this, Paul's charge to Timothy is broken down into these five things. Number one, preach the word. Number two is stand upon that word when it's convenient and when it's not convenient. Number three is show people their faults, show them the correct way, and encourage others to get on the right track. Number four, some people won't listen. Sow the seed anyways. Just do it. And number five is fully carry out your service to God. Give it everything that you've got. This is Paul's charge to Timothy that we've looked at this morning. That is summed up in those five verses. The next thing I want to look at, and the last thing we're going to look at, is why should we, as Christians today, take on this same charge that Timothy received? Why should we do it? I was thinking about this for a little bit. And, you know, we see pictures like this all the time. I want you to look at this picture. This is a big crowd of people, and I want you to think just for a second. What do you see in this picture? Think to yourself. We see people of maybe different backgrounds, different beliefs, different religions, different thinkings, 
Maybe some have addictions. Maybe some have struggles in their life. Maybe some are rich, some are poor. Some have health issues. There's a whole bunch of different people there. And we can look at a group like this and we tend to cast a lot of different judgments on these people. But what does God see when He sees this group of people? God sees a lot of souls that need to be saved. And if we choose to look at this picture, if we choose to look at people the same way that God looks at these people, instead of seeing them for themselves as a person, their baggage, their history, whatever they've got going on in their life, we choose to see their soul as something valuable for God, it changes how we help people. If we look in Romans chapter 10, verse 1 through 3, Paul says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Paul was writing that his true desire, everything that he wanted, is that people would be saved. And as Christians today, do we have that same desire? Do we really want people to be saved? Do we really look at this group and we see all these souls out there that some may be following God, but I'd venture to say that a whole bunch of them are not. They're not on that right track. Do we really have that same desire as that they would be saved as well? Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 16, verse 26, says, For what is a man profited if he gain the whole world and shall lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? A lot of times we'll look at this and we'll look in the context of me and I, this kind of verse, of what are we willing to give up for our own soul? But I want to take a different perspective on this verse today. How valuable is a soul to God? It's extremely valuable. There is nothing more valuable on earth and heaven anywhere than a soul, a human soul that God has given them. And Jesus says this soul is valuable. This soul means something to Him. And as Christians and disciples and followers of Christ, do these souls mean something to us like it means something to Him? They are valuable. And our role is to go save these souls. Go preach that word. The reason why we should take on this same charge that Paul gave to Timothy is because there are souls still today that need to be saved. There are people in your life that haven't heard about the gospel or they've chosen not to follow after it yet. And you have the opportunity to go show them how valuable their soul is to God and what He wants them to do with it so that He can be redeemed with them and that they can follow after God. In James chapter 5, verse 19, it says, Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death, and shall hide a multitude of sins. This is why we should take on that charge, is to save that soul from death. Go hide the multitude of sins. Let Christ's blood hide the multitude of sins. Go preach the word. So my encouragement for you this morning is to take on this charge that we've talked about. This charge that Paul gave to Timothy to preach the word and to stand upon that word is the same charge that we as Christians today have the responsibility to do, to go preach the word. Go stand upon that word. Go rebuke people, exhort people, help them get on the right track. Do it with patience. Use the word of God as doctrine to go help encourage people to get on the right track. 
This is what we are called to do. There is nothing more important for us than being soldiers of Christ and going to save souls. And those souls out there need saving today. Maybe there are souls in here this morning that need to be saved. Maybe there's some of you that, who haven't chosen to follow after Christ yet. Maybe there's some who haven't given their life to Christ in baptism and being able to save your soul from death, and be able to hide the multitude that you, of sins that you have in your life. If you'd like to follow after Christ, then I would encourage you to do that. We all know that our life is going to end at some time. We just don't know when. And it's your responsibility. You have the opportunity today to save your soul from death by following after Christ in baptism. Maybe there's some of you here this morning that you just haven't taken on this charge. Maybe you know that there's people in your life that they're on the road to destruction and you need to go talk to them about God's word. You need to go show them why it's important for them to follow after God so they can save their soul. Their soul is valuable, and you have an opportunity to do something about it, to go help that person. And if you need help with that, we're here for you. We can help study with that person. All you really have to do is make the introduction. Tell us who you want us to talk to. Tell us what's going on with them in their life and why it's important for them to, to reach out to us just let us know. We're here, here to help you. We can study with you. We can pray with you. We can get you to follow after this charge that Paul gave to Timothy and Paul has given us today. If you'd like to follow after Christ this morning, you'd like to be baptized and save your soul from death, then I'd encourage you to do that. If you'd like for us to study with you or pray with you or help you get ready to study with someone else, then we can do that as well. All you got to do is let your request be made known. Come have a seat on the front pew while we stand and sing the song that's been selected. We hope you enjoyed this teaching from God's Word. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Christ, send us a message at facebook.com slash cfcnwa. To find more sermons, look for us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and like our Facebook page. Thanks for listening, and God bless.